This is The Exchange, humanizing commerce through post-purchase connection. Welcome back to The Exchange, everyone, and I'm excited because we have a guest today, a true e-commerce veteran who has over 18 years of experience helping brands create web experience and helping them with e-com. He's been working on the agency side for that entire time, so he's worked with hundreds of brands to see what strategies and tactics are working. So I'm excited to introduce Aaron Quinn, founder and CEO of eHouse Studios, and he has a particular strength working with brands offering subscriptions which when done right, and I'm sure Aaron's going to tell us how, is one of the best ways to build retention and loyalty in e-com. So welcome to the show, Aaron. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you here, Aaron. And and to jump right in, so like like Alex said, so you have uh, 18 years in the space, and that's probably more than Alex and I combined as I'm thinking about it. So I'm sure you've seen a lot change in the space over time. So What's been what have been some of the changes that you've seen that make brands successful today versus let's say something like ten or, or even even five years ago? I think the idea of having a customer relationship and a direct customer relationship has substantially changed, especially when you look at like ten, five years. I mean, you start to loop in things like social media and personalization and that world uh, exploding as well. What does that mean to have that? true customer experience where does content fall into that how do we not just own the customer but earn them every day i think that's something that brands have you know really grown and adapted to that over the last you know 10 to 5 years and even more so now um so i think that's been a, a big thing and i think ultimately with the world that we're going through right now a lot of it is just kind of accelerated right um with everything that we're dealing with in the world of working from home and the whole nine yards that e-commerce experience is really getting a spotlight on it and ultimately what we're seeing is like great experiences are things that customers basically they, they see as a must-have it's not a nice to have anymore and that's what we're seeing that shift i think the one thing I would say is, is that, uh, you know, the technology is shifting and, and the way that we deliver those experiences and the way that we understand those to customers or the way customers are shopping is shifting. But ultimately, I, I talk a lot about this with uh, my father, who, you know, many, many years ago was a, a VP for a Fortune 500 company and in, you know, customer experience. And the concepts are, are still the same. It's, it's how do we deliver that end to end experience? shaped with the product that we're overall executing to really create a stickiness for that customer to help drive lifetime value and repeat purchases and things like that. So it sounds like today versus 10 years ago, the way that we're creating these experiences is changing, but ultimately it's all about creating an amazing customer experience. And the question has now become, as we move from in-store experiences to online experiences, how do we create those? And Aaron, you said something to me last time we were talking, and it I've just been thinking about it a lot. And I'm going to butcher what you said exactly, but I'm going to do my best here. And you said something along the lines of, there's no direction manual for customers in e-commerce. Can you maybe tell our listeners what you mean by that? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I the the way that I think about it kind of comes into... The way that I think about my own business, right? I, I had a, um, a a you know mentor tell me one time that 
there's two truths and that is there's no guide uh, for running a business there's a lot of advice and there's no guide for raising a child and i i think the same is true for e-commerce no one size fits all un unfortunately it never does um, the platforms are obviously growing and the tools give us the the tools that we need to, you know, things like paintbrushes and paint ultimately to create those experiences. But what we do with them really is so much interwoven with our customers. What's the product? How are we selling it? What's the need of that? That we really have to use those tools to create that, that experience. We can learn a lot. You know, I tell people as an agency, that's one of the benefits of working with an agency is, is that we have that experience. We've been down that path before. But the reality is, is just like any good A-B test, you can do one A-B test and it will yield results in this way for one brand and the same similar test and yield results that are totally different for another brand because ultimately the customers, the product, the brand values, uh, the way that you take the product, what we're selling, it, it's all different. Um, and that's what's happening in e-commerce. The, the way that we're shopping, what we're willing to buy is so different that we're having to kind of learn these little tips and tricks and put them in our pocket and kind of adapt them and use them as almost an arsenal of ultimately understanding what we need to do. Uh, and that's especially true in subscription. Um, where you know we have lots of different types of subscription models, lots of different types of products that we're selling. Um, you know, is it something that customers should skip, shouldn't skip, should swap out if they don't like it? Is it a regimen? Um, why do they churn? Things like that. Uh, you know, it's so easy to look at. You know, is it the way that you're marketing the product? Is it something that they're dealing with the experience, or is it just the fact that they don't like the product or they don't understand how to use it? Sure, sure. I mean, and, and you, you know, you have the benefit of almost like the bird's eye view of looking over all of these brands that you've worked with over the years, you've sort of seen the evolution of how subscriptions and how that ties in with great customer experience has worked from brand to brand to brand, like your point around, you know, we can run one promotion or one AB test for a client that works great, we can do something really similar that doesn't work well for another. So, you know, for for our listeners out there now who are a brand who's, who's thinking about maybe using subscriptions to build a great e-commerce experience what's the advice that you give them what what are some of the best ways to build subscriptions into your e-commerce experience right now be obsessed with with what you can do better i think we kind of talk to people in the subscription world about the the stages of a subscription um you know generally people start the subscription and then they get going and and it turns into a Oftentimes it turns into like, oh, we've created a problem, right? And that's a good problem to have. Uh, now we have a lot of customers calling us or they're churning quickly. We're getting people into the program, but they're leaving or it's becoming an issue for customer support. But ultimately what we're seeing is, you know, that's usually the first step of like, how do we address, you know, that experience, you know, create something that, that really gives them the control to manage that subscription. Um, kind of be on the defensive side of it? And then how do we then shift into the offensive side of it of by, about driving more value from a, a subscription standpoint, um, you know, uh, helping them get more out of the subscription, add more products, get more offensive um, in terms of, of that. So I think it, it really, in subscription, you really just have to think about the whole experience, right? It's not just 
what do I do to get them to purchase? They purchase. Now we shift it, deliver it. it awesome. We restart the game. It becomes, you know, how do we ultimately go through the process of educating them about, you know, what's the right product to get? What are the value props of that product? How much do I get? How, how often do I need it? Um, you know, how do I buy it? Is it is subscription better? Is buying a three pack or two pack going to be better for me? Um, should I take it with something else to get better results or use it in combination with something else to get a better result? And then once they get into that purchase, how do you teach them about using the product? You know, oftentimes we, we talk to people about just because you converted the customer into a subscription, that's kind of like, okay, great. We got married. You still have to work on the marriage, right? Like you still have to create value and, and, and surprise and delight them with gifts and moments of, of great customer, you know, experience, sure. educate yeah. them on how to keep that relationship going with content about how to use the product, what to do with it. Things like that are, are really important. Mm -hmm. And then be prepared when the moments don't go well, right? How are you going to, you know, pick up the pieces a little bit when, the shipment doesn't come on time or they get too many shipments. Like how do you deal with that moment to turn it into a really cool experience for them? You hit on something there, Aaron. And I think in the e-com world, there's a lot of brands and it's kind of like this love hate relationship with subscriptions. You've got brands that are building their entire business on a subscription model, but then you have brands like I was talking to one the other day and they said, Hey, like I don't want to offer subscriptions because I feel like I'm tricking my customers into an ongoing purchase. And you were hitting on some of this at the end of that last question, but like, what do you think a brand should be doing to be like on the customer side of things? How does that, how does that change? How do I take, take this from like, oh, it's just an ongoing benefit to me. And how do I flip that and say like, what's the benefit to the customer? I, I think you have to see subscription for what it is, right? I, I, Subscription's complicated. So one of the, the terms we talk a lot about with, with customers or um, potential new customers is let's be real about what we're looking at in subscriptions. Ultimately, what we're trying to do is we're trying to basically say, you know, the true idea of subscriptions is like this really rigid thing. Everybody can think of like what they see on the page, like this much at this many days and we'll ship it to you on this day. It becomes this very rigid thing, X amount, X amount price, X amount days, whatever that may be. And we're trying to map that to a human, which nothing is, 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 you know, rigid and nothing is set in stone. They are basically adapting and changing and eating more, eating less, taking more, forgetting to take it. Uh, all that is is ever changing. So the complexity about subscriptions and the love hate comes down to it is complicated, right? We're having to constantly map that digital experience um, and the overall brand experience to an ever changing life. But the reality is that's not going anywhere. Like that's going to continue to be a mantra, kind of what we talked about earlier. Of like we have to really own the customer experience and what does that mean, and not just up to hitting the doorstep. So I think that's where generally people look at the subscription world um, as as something of a, a complex notion or an oversimplified notion. And I think. The reality is, is we're not treat, tricking customers into a purchase. We have to think about it as what is a subscription due to give value? Um, how do we see it as an extension of the experience or the brand, not just a way of like auto shipping because people are lazy or forget, but how do we make sure that they get elf 
you know, air filters or floor cleaner or vitamins or supplements or, you know, baby products? How do we make that just easy for them so that they don't have to think about it? Because there's so much to think about right now. It should be an ex it really, it, it's it, it's nothing more than a, a, a service. It's a service that we're offering in conjunction with a product. And when you do that well, you can create something that really creates an exceptional customer value, which is problem solving, right? Through the experience and through the product. Right, right. I mean, you, you've talked about how, you know, uh, the you have to think of yourself as a brand, not a product. And I think a lot of what you've been talking about is it's actually less, like you, you've, you've said very little about the product itself. It's more around educating your customer uh, ensuring that they understand the value, ensuring that they understand the, like the, the the story of like I think of I think of back at like with Trunk Club in the early days, like who were one of the really the first first brands who were doing anything subscription related, and all of their messaging and all of their story was around you know we can make you know guys look great because we know guys hate shopping, so the value and the service for them was really exactly. the personal shopper and the product. The product, I mean, it's not like it was an afterthought because you were getting nice clothes, but you were buying into the fact that I don't have to shop. Someone else is going to do it for me and they're going to make me look great, which is, I think, an example of, of, of thinking, think, think of it as, a, as a, like market yourself as a brand, not as a product. And you, you talked a little bit in those last few questions about the ability for a customer to either like skip or say like, I don't want this month's subscription. Um, and I, I've heard sort of, varying schools of thought on on what you should do there what's your what's your opinion on giving a customer the ability to skip and you know what are some of the challenges or opportunities uh with that i think in terms of the overall skip experience and and we have this conversation a lot and it kind of comes back to what we had talked about earlier in terms of like mapping that experience to a life and that is customers are going to need to skip. They're going to need to change. Um, even the term skip, to be honest with you, is even a very oversimplified term. So there are new words that we're interjecting like snooze or ship it now or things like that. But ultimately what we're talking about is how do we give customer choice? Um, because that subscription experience should help them really easily and help the brand really easily map that subscription and the um, kind of the overall getting the right product at the right time, get that to them in a way that doesn't make them feel like they have a surplus or things like that. So skipping is a way of keeping people into the program versus churning out. And ultimately, all the work that we're doing is how do we create longer lifetime value uh, which is which is really important. So we've been talking and working on a lot of things about what does it mean to snooze, not skip for 30 days, but can we just snooze for a week? Because you know, most times people are like, I haven't I haven't used any of the protein, right? Um, they just have a little bit left and they don't maybe need it right now. So maybe they want to snooze it or they don't need the floor cleaner right now because they haven't been cleaning so much or they've been cleaning a lot because they've been home and they want more delivered um, earlier because they've been going through it a lot. Things like that, we want to be able to make that easier, whether it's in the customer portal, it's replying simply to an SMS message, which is some things that, that we've worked on with brands of like, how do we just make that an easy conversation just like you would 
you know, do I get up right now or do I sleep for another eight minutes? Do I get up early tomorrow? Do I, what time did I go to bed? Like make that whole experience really easy versus just uh, the alarm goes off at 7 a.m. And if I don't get up right then, I'm going to oversleep, making that, that something that's adaptable. I like that. I like. I really like the idea of using the word snooze over skip. Skip is so rigid, so permanent. Snooze is hey, not right now. And I think I think that's a fantastic way to be looking at it. And you talked a bit. You talked a bit in there about some things to be looking for, some things to be avoiding. What would you say is the number one metric that ecom brands should be looking at when it comes to a subscription business? Because I like I know in B two B SaaS we become fixated on churn rate. Is it the same thing for e commerce brands? You know, I think we're still learning a lot about what the metrics in subscription are when it when you relate it to like a physical product. And I think we're because physical subscriptions and, and product subscriptions and e-commerce subscriptions, I, I'd say, is still at its infancy. The tendency is to want to lean on SaaS metrics as if oh, those are the exact same thing. And and I would say. To a certain extent, yes, they are. I think at the end of the day, it comes down to lifetime value, right? Like how long are they staying in? How long are they staying into the program? How many shipments do we have? Churn's great, but you know, it's a great metric to look at, but ultimately you can have people that are not churning, but are just continuing to skip, right? That That's not a good thing. Or they stayed in the program, but they changed their next ship date to crazy into the future, right? That's where churn doesn't really give us a good insight into that. It gives us a little bit of a, a gleam of like, are people leaving early? But even there, when you look at churn, oftentimes there are things like how many people are leaving after the first purchase because they're gaming the system just to get that initial discount because they don't have a discount code. But I think lifetime value just doesn't change. And it's part of the equation of like, how much did it cost us to acquire them? What is their lifetime value? Is this a game that we're going to win at or we're going to lose at? And I think that's ultimately what the most important you know, number is. Who are brands that you think are doing this stuff really well? Like who, 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 would, who would you send our listeners to to say like, hey, like go check out the experience these guys have created because we think they're doing it well? I mean, obviously, um, you know, we, we're really excited about the work that we do with our clients, um, brands like Dr. Axe or, you know, Gaia Herbs for Ocean, you know, a bunch of others um, from Radish Kids, you know, uh, Bobos, you name it, uh, Bonafide, um, Kapari. Those brands are, are obviously they're, they're, they're thinking about this journey. They're thinking about this process. So obviously those are, are things that we're excited about and the work that we do there. I think there are other brands as well. Um, I think things like, uh, you know, what is, um, you know, I, I subscribe to athletic greens as an example. I really like the experience that they have. Uh, they've done a really good job from my perspective, uh, it's not easy to sell a single product and keep people into the program. You have to find ways of keeping people engaged. And I think they've ultimately done a really nice job of leveraging content as well as surprising and delighting people at those key moments for things that they didn't think that they were going to expect. Uh, they had one of the nicest kind of mid subscription, you know, kits and packs and special boxes that I had ever seen. And, and I've used those in a lot of examples of like what it means to go, 
oh my gosh, like, you know, thinking about the customer journey, I think is, is something that's really key. Where are people churning? Where are people getting bored? Where are people getting uninspired to use the product and really using those moments to deliver the right, you know, surprise and delight or the right content to get them over that hurdle. And I think they've done a really nice job on that. And again, especially for, you know, a very, you know, uh, narrow product line, you know, want a product of, of one, you know, obviously brands like Hubble, things like that. Um, you know, there, there are just a ton out there that um, are doing fantastic work with um, thinking about the overall experience much more beyond just when that package hits the door. Uh, you know, what does it mean uh, beyond that? Sure. So we've, we've talked a lot about subscriptions. I'm curious about bundling and how you how you've used some of the the usage of a subscription versus the usage of a bundle and like for brands who aren't doing either of those two things or maybe they're not doing subscriptions do you do you see bundles as another way that that brands can kind of achieve some of the same customer experience results that we've been talking about yeah i mean i think you know, i mean we honestly we do bundling both one time and you know, subscriptions. So I, I think they can really be in both, which is the exciting part of it, right? And and, and the reason for that is, is the, the way that we look at bundles is it's bundles are just a great way to offer a better experience when the customer uses the product. Obviously, they allow you to create value um, for the customer. Um, so that's certainly an, an opportunity that you can use to create some stickiness beyond just discounting. But I think the way that ultimately we look at bundles is, you know, we do a lot in the health and wellness space. So the example I give people is, is like, how do you make that even more use the bundle to create a sense of convenience or an experience, you know, so rather than, you know, trying to figure out all the different supplements for immunity, um, how do you create an immunity bundle where they don't have to overthink about, I need to get this from here, or does this go well with this, or how do I take this at the same time? You're able to say, hey, here's a pairing of products that ultimately are solution focused for you to get what you need. And it gives you the opportunity certainly to offer it in a bundle standpoint, right? Where they don't have to do it from a subscription standpoint, but it can be in a subscription um, as well, right? How do you just make that pain go away and that solution of don't worry about immunity. We've got you covered. Your job is just to take it in the morning. That's it. Um, it, it, it gives you the ability to do that more. Gotcha. And we could essentially say like, hey, a bundle, You're when you're crafting that value story, you're actually creating a bundle in a very similar way to a subscription. But obviously, a bundle doesn't have the longevity of a subscription. So like when you're building that bundle, like, is there any other tips um, besides kind of like grouping it into like the ultimate package? Like, what would you tell our listeners to take away if they're not considering a subscription right now, but they want to be building these kind of product experiences with a bundle before they jump into subscriptions? What would they be looking to do there? First, I would say research shows like pair items that are of a solution focus, right? Um, and then also think about the way that you're pairing items. Uh, there's research that really shows that ultimately when you pair something of high value to something that the customers deem as low value, it will actually make that higher value item 
look of a of a lower value. So you can actually hurt your you know flagship product by pairing it with something that you're just trying to get rid of. So bundles should be there to put really good things together in a way that's going to drive value. And I I think those are you know that's one of the things that we talk about a lot is just ultimately the mistake of of, of not pairing the right items together or hurting the value of one or the other based on how you put them together. Um, you know, you can see a lot of times people will put in the supplement world, it's like something that you take uh, once a week uh, or twice a week or uh, beauty and cosmetic products also fit in the same vein of how do you pair the right amount of product in a bundle so that you don't end up with, well, the mask I use twice a week, this is a supplement I take every 30 days you start it as a bundle, but then the only choice is to go into buying them separate after that because you're using them at a different cadence. So think about what's going to happen when they run out of the product in that bundle or they use that product. What's that experience going to be like, even if it's a one-time purchase? And I think for brands that aren't ready to go into the subscription world, there's still a lot of things that they can take away in terms of um, you know, educating customers on how to use the product after the fact. Uh, ways of cleaning it, maintaining it, um, you know, storing it. What does that all mean? Um, and how do you re-engage with that? And thinking about the fact that if customers are still buying from you once and then they come back and do another one-time purchase, they're still communicating the same thing, which is they may not either understand the subscription program, they may not want it, but it doesn't mean that they don't want the value of content or to be reminded that might, they might be coming up on on, you know, they might be running low on product or if they aren't, geez, you're just not using it enough to get the right value of that. So those things don't change, honestly, um, if they still can be done. Yeah, it's really interesting. Like the timing aspect of it is even if you don't have a subscription, you still need to be aware of the timing and how it's going to be used and using something like an email campaign or um, even SMS to be talking about the content and the education piece of it, it really ends up replicating a subscription in some ways. Absolutely. All right. Well, Aaron, this has been this has been amazing. We've covered a lot here. Um, for our listeners, where is somewhere where they can interact with you? Like, do you, are you on Twitter? Are you on LinkedIn? Do you have a blog? Like, where can they get more information about you? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, you can find me on on Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, and then we do quite a bit of of regular content on our uh, eHouse Studio. Blog, so a lot of good content there. We talk about subscription quite a bit, so definitely sign up for our you know email updates and uh, have a lot of content in there as well in terms of great podcasts like this to things that we're writing about. So, all right, well, thanks, thanks, Aaron. That's been a lot on subscriptions. I think my biggest takeaways from today are um, understanding the stages, not being rigid, and trying to map everything to the customer experience. And I think the the best best takeaway I got today is that the subscription is the service component on top of the product. You have the products that you're going to sell, but the subscription is what really takes that into the value add and like how you integrate it into their life. So I want to thank, thank you again for that. And for everyone listening, um, be sure to subscribe so they make sure to get uh, every episode as soon as it drops. And until next time, that's been The Exchange. That's been The Exchange presented by Loop, the returns platform for Shopify. Thanks for listening.